Welcome to today's guest on Talking Travels and Other Stuff. I am delighted to be speaking to Chris, Chris Clerics, um, unusual name, from Brussels. Um, hello, Chris, all the way in Europe. Welcome to the pod, Talking Travels and Other Stuff. Hi, Sarah. Hey. We How are it. you there in Brighton? <laughs> oh, man, it's cold. It's wet. I've been to yoga this morning, but... Um, yeah, no, it's fine, actually. Yeah, getting kind of in the Christmas mood, so. Yeah, it's better to do that in Cuba. Oh, my God, absolutely. I wish I, wish I was, man. I'm, wish, I'm missing the beach and the water and, oh, yeah. Man, how long is it that we met there? Ago, three years ago? Yeah, quite a few years ago. Met in Cuba, which was amazing. I know, we need to orchestrate another meeting. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I do believe that you were the first Belgian man I had ever met. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. You. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm very honoured. (laughs) You should be. (laughs) And now I have been, I've been to Belgium a few times since. So, um, yeah, yeah. You're not the only one now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, <wow>. and uh, <laughs> did it change or did it go better or going down after me <laughs> down darling down <laughs> you said okay then we really can continue hard. this interview uh, then we can continue this chat <laughs> exactly right so for anybody who doesn't know you chris please tell us about your um website chris crosses the world um, yeah, explain what you do and kind of why we met in Cuba and what's all about your life as a tour guide. That would be great. Yeah, a tour guide, but I'm also a travel writer. That's, let's say, the first job eh, to be a travel writer. Uh, but besides that, I'm a tour guide uh, for some tour, tour operators here in, in Belgium. And then we travel uh, sometimes to Spain or sometimes uh, to France uh, and some other countries. And then also I'm a guide here in Brussels, uh, mostly uh, bike tours, uh, which, which is uh, which for an organization which is uh, Pro Velo. And then we make tours here in Brussels, uh, depending on, on what topic you prefer. Right? It goes uh, to Art Nouveau, which is architecture and all that stuff. But you can also choose, uh, and I think you would really like that one, uh, beer tour uh, to all the new <laughs> breweries we have here. My reputation. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd like the wine or the fizz tour actually. I, I yeah, but you know. Well, the wine, yeah. Since yeah, there is one wine company in Brussels since a few years, two years. Um, but of course, wine is still in a very early stage here in Belgium. Mm. But due to the climate change, more and more wine is produced here in Belgium. But of course, compared to France or South Africa, it's still uh, a peanut. 
Yeah. Can we blame Brexit? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, Brexit. Uh, we will not discuss about Brexit in this conversation. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, no, that's for my neighbors here a few blocks away from where I live, uh, living very close to the European Commission. Um, but uh, yeah, what I can see from the European Commission is that uh, from time to time, they also... Uh, uh, booked me as a as a guide uh, that we make cycling tours here through Brussels, uh, not only tourism tours but also uh, let's say in a way mobility tours to motivate uh, the, the the staff of European Union to oh. use their bike to go to work. So that's also uh, some activity that I do here in Brussels. Wow, that's interesting. That's that's quite um, that's quite forward thinking. Good. Yeah, and it's 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 especially this year also with uh, Corona and and people that didn't like or don't like to go anymore with a bus or with a metro. Uh, the bike was a very important alternative uh, to mm. uh, to make transfers into the city or uh, come, going to work or going from one point to another. Mm. And uh, we are had a lot of yeah, let's say demands of. Um, of, of doing tours or, or let's say help people how they uh, should start biking here in, in town in the city of Brussels. Right. Is it very bike friendly? Is it quite flat? No, it's not so flat. Uh, in general, Belgium, in, let's say especially northern part, Flanders is pretty flat. Uh, but we have some uh, pretty, let's say, hard hills, uh, like uh, and here, especially here in, in uh, Brussels and surroundings of Brussels. Uh, so you have to, yeah, you have to to be in a good shape, or let's say also the e-bike, eh, which is also very popular. Uh, I think from the bikes because there's a record sales uh, of bikes this year. But uh, more than 60% is e-bike now. So that's also um, yeah. logic when you're here uh, living in Brussels or close to Brussels. Mm. Uh, when you have to go to your work, it's uh, yeah, it's more comfortable to have the, the e-bike, of course. My kind of bike. Although I did just see, I got a press release about an e-Range Rover that's been launched. And I'm like, ah, that's what I want. <laughs> that's also good. Uh, road trip. I'm also into a road trip. Huh? If you have some <laughs> idea, I'm, I'm joining you there. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go back to your kind of like your, what you do, because I know you as being a bit of an action man. Um, because of your blog or your website, your travel writing, it just seems like you have opened up so many opportunities you have done so many exciting things well um how did it all start why well, it's 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 um the start of the riding career or as a travel rider that mm -hmm. all started with uh, victor hugo my fascination for the the, the rider victor hugo okay. and it was not les miserables of notre dame uh, the, the let's say his classic uh, novels mm -hmm. but his uh, travel writing when i discovered that i was still about i was about 18 years old i was at that time i was dreaming of uh, being a professional cyclist and when i went to the pyrenees or the alps or here even in belgium in the ardennes um, I always had some travel guide with me and everywhere I went in Europe, there were always the, let's say, the little expressions of Victor Hugo, like, wow, this is the nicest fountain in the, wo in the world or in, in Europe, this, the most impressive uh, mountain uh, of this country. 
And so I started to read those uh, travel writing of, of uh, Victor Hugo and some other romantics like Goethe. And uh, so that's, so then at a certain point when I noticed that I couldn't be a professional cyclist, I started to write and that was went quite well. And uh, then of course, which is perfect and which I really like is the combination of uh, sport and travel. Mm. And that's um, also something we see in, in, in the travel business in general is that uh, many people want to do that combination. Like they're gonna run a marathon and then they go to a city, whatever, Prague or Rome or London or, or, or Paris. And then they do a combination of city trip and, and running or they, they, they travel by bike. Uh, uh, so that's a nice uh, way of exploring. And, and you meet people that or you meet people in a way that as a, let's say, a traditional tourist, you, you won't uh, meet yeah, absolutely. So are all your um, experiences organized? You kind of go and do particular events in different countries? Well, it depends a bit, of course. Uh, I'm not only doing, let's say, sport and travel. I'm also doing culture and, 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 and travel. Mm. Um, uh, race, uh, for example, reggae marathon uh, yeah. um, was already a few years ago. I didn't know it existed, but then the tourist board or the people of the tourist board, they said, you know, you know, the reggae marathon. I said, no. Okay. Then <laughs> we invite you. Know the reggae marathon, you know, it's not kind of. Yeah, but it's, it's every year in December, uh, in normal years, uh, this year, yeah. of course, with, uh, with COVID-19, it, it's canceled like so many other uh, marathon races, mm. uh, but uh, it's every year and it's a uh, very, uh, yeah, it's very relaxing, but it's, it's a very early start over there mm. uh, in Negril, uh, in, in Jamaica. Uh, because it's yeah, it's so uh, hot, of course, in normal, let's say, circumstances. But when you start running at five o'clock in the morning, uh, by the time the sun is rising, uh, most of the marathon is already over. So that wow. makes it uh, very mysterious. You start in the night yeah. um, and then you see the sun rising and then you arrive and then there's the beach and you have the water, you have the massage at the, on the beach. Lovely. And that's an experience you, yeah, you, you, once you have that experience, you say, wow, next time I want to have a kind of the same experience when I go to a destination. Fab. Wow. Was that, what was the first kind of um, adventurous thing you had to cover? Oh, well, it was um, in 2000, at the end of 2013, 2014, um, I did a really big project on uh, Brazil. Uh, and it started with um, a very personal. Um, every year, it's every year in, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, you have the Sao Silvestre. It's a running race about 15 kilometers. Mm. And uh, in 2013, it was exactly 50 years that my father had won that race. Wow. And that was the reason for me to, to, to go and run there in the footsteps of my father. And then, of course, with uh, the Belgian embassy and all the, also the organization of that race, they were so proud that the son of the champion of 50 years ago was there to run that race, which is really the most important uh, run, running athletic uh, event in, in South America, uh, was there to run in the footsteps of his father. And so it was really yeah, amazing to, to, to run there in, in, 
in um, in to honor him, but also to have that. Let's say, especially Brazil, the people they like sports. They and especially that race. There were thousands of people in the streets of uh, Sao Paulo, and do that race was uh, was an amazing experience. Oh. Uh, and it's also a, a, an experience that you can you can do. You can book a ticket to Sao Paulo. You can participate in that race. You don't have to be a champion. Eh? So everyone is, is allowed to enter that race. Uh, so that's also something very important when you you uh, do an ex let's say a spectacular experience that um, your readers can can ex experience the same event. It's also very important if you yeah. climb a very extreme mountain. It's good, but if nobody else can do it, it's 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 missing yeah. something. And it's important that everyone who was interested in 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 the race or the event you participate participate in another country that they can also participate yeah although i bet <laughs> i would be surprised if they were as quick as you did you win it or did you kind of keep your father no no i didn't win that race because it's really if you want to win that race you you have to be from kenya or ethiopia <laughs> because you have to be really yeah. uh, the top athletes of course oh, your but, father uh, must have been super but sport yeah, but sports, it's not about winning. I, I had one, I did one, I did win one race uh, two years ago in the Dominican Republic, uh, the 100 kilometers of the Caribbean. Oh. Uh, but of course, it's, it's yeah, you don't have to win. If, if the most important yeah. thing is the, the whole Taking experience time. around yeah. and uh, running in the mountains there in Dominican Republic. Yeah. And then you are thirsty and then some men or some women next to the let's say the trail is offering you some some refreshing drinks that's <laughs> that's great or some cocoa nuts milk yeah, yeah oh. you you drink and then you have uh, energy for uh, the next 10 kilometers fab absolutely so you've been you've done all the you've done brazil you've done um paddleboarding around notre dame you've been to dominican republic We've done Cuba. You've been to all sorts of fabulous places. It's it's, um, but it's it's yeah, it, it's great to to uh, travel around. Um, but I'm not always focusing on on the let's say new countries. I I also like to return and go back to other to to the same country, yeah. and see the country in another way or for another event or another reason. Uh, for example, Cuba uh, went there for five times now, mm. and every time the country surprises you, and um, yeah, uh, you know more about the culture. Um, mm. Yeah, so for example, Cuba, I went there for about five times, mm. and every time you go there, you discover new places, you have new experiences. Uh, you start to learn more about, uh, let's say, the, the culture of the people of the country. Uh, so it's never boring to to return to a destination. So very important also to return sometimes to a destination you know already. Yeah, that's lovely, actually. And then you can see, you feel like a bit of a part of it. Yay. Um, so do you work with lots of charities or PR agencies? Do you kind of have connections? Well, well, it depends a bit. Um, like uh, PR agencies, there are more and more agencies that are presenting countries. Eh? Mm. Uh, so from time to time, I work uh, with them. Uh, for example, uh, here in Belgium, we have Glenaki, and they are representing about, I think, 
20 destinations more or less mm -hmm. and so they know also a little bit what are my let's say my specialties as a travel writer journalist mm -hmm. so they know like okay we have um, a trail in malta for example let's uh, see if, if if i'm free if, if i find a, a magazine that is ready to publish uh, that uh, story and then we can start to collaborate uh, further on uh, but sometimes it's also um, my own personal interest or let's say I have an idea or there's an anniversary. I say that's maybe a good idea to to write about uh, that destination. Uh, for example, um, like an anniversary of Shakespeare. Then I was that was the last time I was in England, I think, yeah. 2016, oh, when it wow. was. Uh, <laughs> a big anniversary uh, so then yeah then I asked contacted the, the the tourist board of visit Britain and then uh, I contacted here some newspapers and they were interested in a story mm -hmm. and then I could uh, travel to uh, Stratford upon Avena of course ah lovely <laughs> cool after turn do you get asked to go Obviously, because you've got such a massive readership for um, Chris Crosses the World. Do you have to turn lots of opportunities down or do you just have a really good organisational system? Well, it depends a bit on, on um, if you only focus on, on writing. Um, but it's, of course, every, it's, you have to focus it on a, in a, or see it in a very professional way, of course. If you... Uh, some bloggers or some people that write about traveling, they they have another job. And then when they travel, they write about the trip or about what they've experienced. Mm -hmm. But if you want to make a real living about traveling, and, and um, then you have to be a little bit, let's say, creative and, and trying, especially for me in my case, in, in Belgium here, we have, a, or in Belgium, Flanders, I'm speaking Dutch or writing most of my articles in Dutch. Mm. Um, we don't have the, um, let's say, the number of readerships like the English language. Mm. So I have to be a little bit creative in the sense of uh, if I only want to write and travel, then it's it's uh, very difficult. But that's why I do different things around. Yeah. So uh, that I can sometimes do a combination or from times or, yeah. or let's say after a trip, I also present the idea to some tour operators and then the year after we, we go with the tour operator and, and sometimes my, my tour, uh, we go back to the destination with a Belgian group of tourists and then, um, yeah, that's also a good return for the, for the destination if they see that a, a journalist is returning with a group of tourists. Uh, sometimes it's one time, but sometimes it's year after year when it's a good trip and then people are very, uh, let's say, interested in, in, the, in the topic or in the, in the destination. Then it happens that uh, you go off year after year back to, to a region. One of those projects is like uh, in the footsteps of Victor Hugo. So I wrote a travel guide in the footsteps of Victor Hugo. Oh, wow. And the travel guide was eight, uh, let's say, eight destinations huh? from Brussels to Paris. And then after the publication of the guide, uh, I traveled with a group of tra travelers. So with a bus, we started in Brussels. And then we visited some of the places uh, connected to the life and the, the works of Victor Hugo in the north of France, uh, in Normandy, uh, also in Paris, of course, uh, with Notre Dame, uh, Place Vosges, uh, the whole area over there. Um, 
And so that's a trip that from time to time, every two or three years, I return uh, with a group of Belgian tourists mm. in the footsteps of Victor Hugo to, to Paris. Uh, so that's uh, uh, very nice also to, and it also, it's pretty intensive also as a, as a guy, because you, I try to follow everything what's happening of Victor Hugo, of the, the destinations where I go with people uh, as a tour leader, mm. uh, but it makes it very intensive and, and makes, um, yeah, makes it very good, I think. Yeah, well, that's like your baby, so you're going to have to keep up to date with everything that's happening in, in Victor Hugo land. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So have you been, so with Belgium, it's been quite badly hit with COVID, sorry to say. Have you been um, kind of working on lots of things behind the scenes? Have you been preparing anything or diversifying? Of course, all the travel plans uh, for this year, uh, yeah, I had to cancel them. Huh? So uh, it was just when we started the lockdown here on the 13th of March. Um, normally two days later I would go to Vienna to uh, uh, to travel around in Vienna for the year of Beethoven, eh? the, the big year of the composer. Well, you really uh, are was... buried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now the, the, the European hymn, uh, anthem of Europe, eh? Beethoven. <laughs> Let's play it now on your podcast. Eh? Uh, but, um, and it was one reason was to go there, uh, but also to run. There was a, a first urban trail in Vienna, in the city of Vienna. Uh, but of course, that event was also cancelled. All the museums were closed. Uh, so I had to cancel that trip and also the rest of the spring, all, uh, all trips uh, were canceled. Mm. Um, so, and also the, the, all the trips that were planned with groups uh, uh, to Palestine and, and uh, Israel was also uh, blocked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that sense, uh, it was a very terrible year. Uh, luckily as a travel writer or as a journalist, I'm not, I can also write some stories about uh, the tourism business or the difficulties they have today. Um, like a few days ago, I was doing an interview. Uh, so then I did some stories about those virtual events. So it's... I've got a question. Hang on. How can you yep. have a virtual marathon? Yeah, it's able to do a virtual marathon. Eh? You have the... You run with your iPhone and then the organizer, they are registered on that app and then you start running on a... Anyway, anyway. Gremlin, Gremlin, go away. I know, go away. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm just going to jump in. So what are your plans for 2021? What's in the pipeline? Uh, in the summer of 2020, normally I should have done a cycling event of 1,600 kilometer or 1,000 mile uh, in the north of Italy. Wow. So that's absolutely a very important event to where I will have to train also for that. Mm. Uh, but it will be a very original way to, to explore. Yeah, say that. Always depending if it's, do you see if it's English gremlins or, or, definitely, or Belgians? Definitely Belgian gremlins, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your trip. In, oh my gosh. Tell me about your trip to Italy. Well, hopefully the cycling. Yeah, yeah. So one of the plans for to meter or thousand mile of cycling, non-stop cycling. And then we explore and we discover the north of Italy, uh, the area of Lombardy, also the area of um, 
Emilia Romagna, also Genova. That, yeah. <laughs> oh well, right. Change the subject. So, when are you, do you have any? Would you like to come to the UK? Have you got anything um, in the pipeline? Any sporting activities that are happening over here? Mm, do you have some ideas? Well, we have the bike into London um, bike ride. <laughs> ah, yeah. But I did a few years ago, London, Edinburgh, London. No. Which is uh, every four years. And oh it was God. quite some adventure. Wow, I bet um, it was. How long does that take? Yeah, and... and well, I think it took, I think, five days, more or less. Less, less. I think four days. Wow. But at the end, you cycle also sometimes through the night. So you, at the end, you are a little bit, let's say, uh, it all get a little bit faded because you don't know anymore which day you are. But <laughs> um, it's uh, pretty amazing in that way, or in that case, uh, England and, and a part of Scotland. Um, yeah. I love and it's that kind of thing that will be in Italy in special events, uh, special cycling events, um, which are not that uh, it's absolutely uh, original way of, of exploring. Cool. Well, Chris, I'm going to finish this now because of our gremlins. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, anyway, um, thank part, you. Thank yeah, you. I'm going huh? to sign off now, but I'm going to, I'll ping you. That's all, folks. Thanks for tuning in. She doesn't bite